let us begin. ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus. Aren't there enough of these pluses out there? Well, not yet. Yes, it's Lance and Matt Plus, a new podcast presented by WFOB and WBVI. Okay, now we've got enough pluses. So let's join Lance Morris and Matt Kaufman for Lance and Matt Plus. Welcome on into Lance and Matt Plus, a podcast exclusive heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and online at WFOB and WBVI.com. I'm Lance Morris. He's Matt Common. Matt, how are we doing? You know what, man? I'm doing great. I'm having myself a great day. The sun is shining. The grass is green somewhere, I presume. I don't know. It's April in Northeast Ohio, so the weather's just been weird the past week. It's 80 then 40 then raining then sunny if you don't like the weather stick around for like five minutes it's gonna change but uh other than that i'm doing great i still don't know why we're not charging premium fees for this premium high quality podcast that we have here i mean if disney plus can get away with charging me 30 dollars to watch raya and the last dragon i think we could at least charge 4.99 to have the glory that is our podcast streaming to everyone out there. Your well, thoughts? Well, while we're not charging anybody for this, you can rate, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That's how you can help this passion project of Matt and myself grow. That actually is a good point. Like, If, if you want to keep this for free, which I want to keep this for free, keep giving us those five stars. We, we love five-star ratings. I, I, I know that Lance Morris is a five-star talent. I just know that. I know that for a fact. I, of course, am a seven-star talent. But, you know, we we definitely take those ratings. Like, subscribe, hit the refresh button, listen to our show like seven times in a row, maybe have it on in the background as you're driving to and from Cleveland, the Toledo area, like I do. It was great. Oh, we actually have great shows. I mean, I listened to us the other day driving out, getting ready for some stuff with you. It was it was a blast. You guys get some quality, quality content from us week in and week out. You're you're an always sunny fan, right? A very big it's always sunny fan. I'm a five star man. A five star man. <laughs> uh, I wanted to interrupt you so bad, but I, I just let you talk. So be be thankful. I, I appreciate that. Here is full full permission. Any future podcasts or discussions that we have. You fully have my permission to interrupt me with any It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia quotes or comebacks. Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? (laughs) Yes. Yes. In these trying times, I think we all could use an egg. (laughs) Oh, man. We have, as we've said, another exciting episode on tap for you here today for the third episode of Lance and Matt Plus. We're going to talk a little little bit about our internship experiences or the jobs we had in college we may or may not have been paid for that were either actually in the broadcasting field or at least something you know close or adjacent to so matt let's uh let's get right into it how how many internships did you have in college i know we talked before about how you didn't know exactly what you were going to do so i imagine that might have made interning a little harder so first off you got paid are you getting paid right now well Kind of, just for working, but... You're getting paid? 
Yeah. I need to talk to my boss about this. This is outrageous. Your, your boss is technically me. <laughs> I know. I'm talking to you about this. You're getting paid. <laughs> I'm getting paid my general actual working salary. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Po- point remains. I'm not getting anything no. extra. The point remains, sir. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, I um, in my experience, I worked exactly one internship the entire time. Um, it was between my junior and senior year. Uh, kind of the one I talked about, I think it was a week, either first episode when we talked about like getting into the business. I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Um, but it was working at um, Clear Channel, WTAM 1100 in the Cleveland area. I was working on the night show. Uh, the host at the time was Bob France, who's a Heidelberg alumni. And we actually met earlier that my junior year at a ceremony for the new radio station and media center that had been built on campus to like, kind of like celebrate it. They had a lot of the radio personalities and alumni come in. He and I kind of spent most of the day together because they kind of quadranted us or sectioned us or whatever the word is off into okay, you're from Cleveland. Here's the two radio personalities from Cleveland. Talk to them all day. See if you can get an an extra couple bucks out of them for donations, I suppose. But um, yeah, so I I did that. I worked that for the whole summer. I started in April for that one. Went all the way. I think my last official day as an intern was the week before I went back to school in August. It, it was a blast. I mean, all, all, all sorts of cool things, a, a lot of fun stuff, got to experience a lot of fun things, got to work because of that job also with the Cavs, Indians, and Browns radio networks all at the same time as part of that. So a v- very, very rewarding internship, and I got to do so much stuff. I mean, like I got to go report from training camp for the Browns. I got to be an on-site producer for the Indians for a couple games. The Cavs really sucked at that time, but I got to sit or, sit around and do some on-site production stuff with uh, Joe Tate and actually work with a lot of the people that run the Cavs stuff and broadcasts. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty rewarding internship and it definitely really helped propel like everything else that I've done since then as a broadcaster really kind of pushed all of that forward. So I'm going to kind of dominate this a little bit because I had not one, not two, but three total internships. Good Lord. <laughs> I know. What? How did three different organizations convince you not to get paid to work for them? Well, okay. So that's so that, that in and of itself is a loaded question because I did. So my first internship was at Cumulus in Toledo. I was... One of four total interns on the promotions team got to got to go all around Northwest Ohio, went to a bunch of different places in Toledo, which of course was where the station was based out of, but also went to some of the surrounding areas like Clyde, Fremont, Sandusky, went for different promo events, live remotes, went to the zoo a bunch of times. They had a bunch of concerts, you know, the, the during during the summer. The biggest total event we went to, I think it was probably bike week in Sandusky, which is of course a big thing, Ooh, big thing for them is, every that summer. That is a big one. 
And it, it, uh, it's like Sturgis, but with roller coasters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we made made a lot of trips up to Monroe, Michigan. They had a one station up there too, and that was that was kind of a pain because it felt like at least at the time that the whole town was under construction. So it was never the same route we took each time. It was always something different. But that was, yeah, that was that was a fun time. It was not, you know, the be-all, end-all. It was just, you know, it was just a solid internship. I got to do some some sports stuff as well, but it was not my primary reason of the internship. But got to got to sprinkle a little of that stuff in as well. Okay. I mean, that's pretty cool. I never worked with... Um... I never worked with the promotions team by any means. I, I don't know why. I, I It's actually something I was always curious about. I figured I'd end up doing something like that during my internship. Never did. Like, oh, I, I, I'm a little jealous on that one because all of my time and all my work was either in studio, like behind the scenes, or being the production work on location. And it was almost exclusively sports-related stuff. I, I never real we never really did anything else or anything too extravagant it was a lot of studio and a lot of on location time but nothing like a promotional on location like being at the stadium being at the arena being at the practice facility so that that i'm actually a little envious of i always thought it'd be cool to work with like a street team or something like that so yeah that that stuff Stuff was fun. It was a little different, but it was, you know, it was an it was a nice it was a nice extension of things to learn, you know, just learning a different side of radio. I mean, with all the different things that we and everyone really in radio cuz you're very rarely, especially at smaller places like where we are, very rarely are you doing just one thing. So to be able to do whatever different things you need to, like that's that, that was just one of the minor steps that I think that is, ha, has actually helped me going forward because of all the, all the different things I do here now. Yeah. I would say you wear a lot of different hats. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're the, I mean, let's just review. You're kind of <laughs> like the program manager. You're the sports manager director. I'm pretty sure you're also the janitor. I believe you are one of the finest, like, culinary artist that the station has as well for cooking for everybody <laughs> and uh, do, do you still like run the marching band for like two of the schools as well <laughs> yeah every now and then when i can right I mean, now and then you know of course gotta be able to fit uh, it in and see that's something that i always find fascinating because that's a question i get a lot from people is oh well what do you do at a station it's when you work at a i don't want to necessarily say small because you know we're espn radio we're not a we're not a traditionally small station, but because of where we're at, it is a small station by comparison to other networks and other radio outlets out there. It's like, well, we kind of do a little bit of everything. I, I mean, that there's that that's something that's really important that you got from your internship that I, I didn't necessarily get is the whole, yeah, we kind of wear whatever hat we need to on that particular day type of setup. It's that there's days where you're way more administrative than you are on air. I mean, I don't have that problem. That's, that's <laughs> something that's kind of nice with me is I can really just focus on the on air side of things, but yeah, that for a small station work, 
it, with an internship, if you're able to wear a lot of different hats, that's just huge. I mean, that really helps you out in the long run for that one. And for me, it's, I guess I did wear different hats. I had the coffee getter hat. Of course. Had the Taco Bell getter hat. That one was fun. That that was entertaining. <laughs> Sitting there during a Cavs game and it's like the fourth quarter and all of a sudden Bob's like, I want tacos. What's open? Um, I'm like, I don't know. It's like 1030 at night. You want me to look? He's like, no. I mean, Taco Bell's like five minutes down the street. And there's a minute and a half left to this game and we need you back in. You need to be here to take calls. Do you think you can finish this Taco Bell order in 10 minutes? <laughs> so I was like, sir, you are not aware of how big of a human being you're talking to here. I can finish it in eight. <laughs> <laughs> just, just tell me what number on the menu you want and I know which one you're getting. So... I would run for Taco Bell a lot. Probably out of that stuff, though. I mean, I, I have some more stories about food that are always amusing, but that's that's still something that I'm fascinated by is the people that end up wearing the multiple hats when they intern or when they're doing that, like, summer job type of thing, that small station, because th- that's, that, that's probably the closest it actually gets to being what it's like working at a radio station working at a small market station because everyone's like, Oh, you get to be on air. You get to do this. You get to do that. It's like, well, well, yeah. I also need to reset the computers when they get faulty. I also need to make sure that things are working the way they are. I need to check with the salesperson. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's all these things that happen behind the scenes that make you and me talking on a microphone possible. Literally that describes like my every other day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. So what's, so what you alluded to, how did you get three different organizations to hire you? And my answer to that is, well, technically I didn't because the other two are within the same organization. It was just kind of different, different areas. Oh, okay. I'm picking it up. Yeah. So, so for me, so I actually was fortunate enough. I got to do two separate broadcasting internships. I got to do games for the Xenius Scouts that summer. It was the summer uh, between junior and senior year of college. Got to stay down in Xenia, Ohio, near Dayton during that summer, and we were a part of the Great Lakes Summer Collegiate League. That league has since expanded, but at least when I was there, all the teams except one were spread out across Ohio. We had, of course, we were the Xenia Scouts, and we had our games at Athlete in Action, Athletes in Action Complex in Xenia, and let me tell you, there's very few places in the state of Ohio that have the facilities that they do at AIA. Like, the closest thing in my head of, like, an actual, of not necessarily, like, a college, I mean, not going, like, college or pro-level facilities, but, like, in terms of what they provide the closest I can think of is like all the stuff they've done at like Sandusky with Cedar Point parks and all that different things they've done. That's probably the closest on that scale of what the facilities are there. So they, I mean, they had, they had a big baseball field. They had several like smaller baseball fields They had a football field. They had all those different soccer fields. Like they had pretty much every outdoor sport you can think of. They had some location for it on, on their campus. 
Uh, they oh, had, wow. they, yeah, they had the, and we were we were fortunate with where the teams were that uh, there was a lot of you know other people around. There were there were the Cincinnati Steam. There were they were one of the teams, and at the time, and they still might be, but at least when I was there. Uh, those games were done by Jim Kelch, and if you remember, he was one of the backup voices for the Reds, especially when when uh, when Marty was still there. And mm-hmm. uh, he's he's still the voice of the of Northern Kentucky, so he's I mean he's got a Division One job, so that's obviously uh, a pretty pretty big name big name person doing you know games for your su- Southern your summer collegiate league team. I mean we had teams. That were, I mean, they were all over Ohio. We played the Southern Ohio Copperheads, which played at uh, Ohio University's field. That was that was one of the nicer fields in in the in the league. We had the Hamilton Joes, the Cincinnati Steam, who I just mentioned, the uh, Grand Lake Mariners, which I think they uh, our our friend Michael Hearn was at that field for one of his games that he was doing over the last week or so. Um, then some games were actually closer up in your area. At the time, they had the. They had the Northwest Ohio Baseball Club, and they played out of Strongsville. They had yes, the. I have heard of them. We have the Lorraine County Ironmen. I think neither of these teams are actually in the league still, but at least when I was there, they were both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the Lorraine County Ironmen. We had the Lima Locos, the Licking County Settlers, which was kind of closer to Columbus, and then the Lake Erie Monarchs, which was that one team out of Michigan. And now there's a bunch of teams out of Michigan. There's a team in Indiana or two. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of expansion that has happened since uh, since I was there, uh, not so long ago, but long ago enough that they've had a lot of a lot of expansion since then. We were uh, we were one of the better teams in the league. We made it to the second round of the playoffs. We ultimately lost to Hamilton, and those were three game series that we played in in the playoffs after the first round. The first round was just kind of like a playing game, and then uh, we lost that final game in extra innings. Oh man, that was that was that was some heartbreaking stuff. But we had we had a lot of good stuff happen outside of the games, and talk a little bit more about the games too. But uh, that first week there, uh, I officially I officially became a Christian. I gave my life to Christ because uh, that was I mean I'd I'd called myself a Christian before that, but that summer it with athletes in action, you do daily worships as a team, and you grow you know, closer as a team, you go closer in the word. And that was my first time being immersed in that kind of environment, number one. But also it was the first time that Christianity, religion, however you want to put it, it was, that was the first time it was presented to me in a way that made sense. Because when I was younger, it was always, well, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. It's like, why? Why? Why don't you tell me why I have to do these things? And 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 <laughs> so why, so so as a uh, so as a twenty one year old, then I I learn all these different things. Seemingly for the first time, I had known you know bits and pieces from my life and in my younger years of going to church and doing different things in that realm. But that was the first time it you know truly made sense to me. So that was obviously a big moment for. My life moving forward from there, we got to uh, we got to do a lot of other cool things that summer. We got to, and I think I mentioned this maybe in our first episode too. Uh, we got to volunteer at a Tony Dungy seven on seven football camp that we had on the AIA complex, and it had teams from like all over the state. It had teams from like Indiana and Kentucky, and I 
couldn't tell you if there was like any like big name eventually like big name players, but there were like some bigger schools that were there and that was that was one of the things that was a blast as well. We we volunteered for a thing that was called their first ever high school ultimate training camp. And so what that is, it's basically like before then it had always been done for college athletes, like kind of, kind of in in the vein of breaking down and then building up in like, you know, over the course of a day or two or however long a period you have. It was the first time though they did that with high school kids. So they had to, you know, kind of tone down some of the different things because you can obviously push college athletes a little harder than you can high school athletes. So, but we got to, we got to be a part of that. We, uh, we also, that also leads to another funny story because we ended up, and I say we as in me, the people I lived with and a handful of other uh, guys on the team, we ended up sleeping at the field that night. Really? We ended up sleeping at the field that night because, well, so we were one of the people, we were probably one of the closer houses to the actual facilities. Like we were only like five minutes down the road, but we had told our house, our, our host family, and I'll talk about them here in a moment too. We had told them we weren't going to come back because we didn't think we were going to come back. And because of that, we were not only we weren't just locked out. I mean, we had keys, but we were locked out and just for like fear of intruders or something, she had like the door like jammed. So we couldn't open it. Oh God. So we had came back. It was probably like two in the morning at this point. And we're like, well, if we break in, which we essentially would have had to break in, it's going to be loud. So we're like, okay, well, we know people are back at the stadium, so let's go back to the stadium. And that's what we ended up doing. And I ended up sleeping on the bench in the dugout for however long I was able to. And my guy who I lived with and was my broadcast partner, Terry, he ended up falling asleep on the mound and used the mound as a natural pillow. You guys, like, fell asleep outside yeah, in the we, stadium. We did, I mean... We didn't have much of a choice. We tried like going in the stand area and that just with all the metal benches and concrete, it, it, that wasn't comfortable. So I ended up going on one of the benches in the dugout and I think eventually ended up on the field. And yeah, that was, that was what we ended up doing because we had an early morning the next morning for like the next day of that, for that ultimate, ultimate camp. So we knew we weren't going to get a whole lot of sleep. We also were, um, a good majority of us also fasted during that because it was like a day and a half time too. So that was my mm-hmm. first, that was like my first ever time also fasting for, you know, aside from like a medical reasoning of, oh, we need to get blood from you. Like it was just something we yeah. all, we all, it wasn't all, absolutely all of us, but it was like most of the team ended up doing that. Um, so I mentioned before my host family, uh, Rick and Linda, Rick and Linda Johannes, they were the absolute best. Still friends with them on Facebook today. We talk every so often. And they had a big, big yard. They had all this space in the world. And Rick, who uh it's, it's funny, Rick, Rick Rick was hilarious. He was he was a part of a softball league that Terry and I, who was my broadcast partner, we ended up filling in for them one night because they didn't have enough people for a game. So we ended up playing with uh, softball with 
a good majority of like older people. Like there were a couple younger guys, but for the most part, it was a lot of older people. And um, we did that one night. They Rick also was obsessed with golf. Like we talk about one of our former employers and how much he likes golf. Rick has him beat by miles because okay, Rick that's dangerous. Rick has he had like an attic, an, an attic like crawl attic space or something like in his garage. It was full of different golf clubs that he got from like yard sales and garage sales. Like the whole, like, I don't know, as far as the eye could see, essentially, he had like that many different bags of like actual full golf clubs and like half full and like maybe just a club here, club there. It was literally, I I wish I had a picture of it because it would be an amazing picture, but it was literally, (laughs) it was literally a room full of golf clubs with various golf bags of various heights and niceness levels. If he saw them, he grabbed them. And it was, it was, that's actually how I ended up having a set of golf clubs in quotes that he gave to me before we left that are currently sitting in my parents' garage. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. He has a certain employee that we have (laughs) uh, shared experience with. He has him beat. That's for sure. Uh, So Uh, I I I mean, mean, to, to be fair, to be fair, I think that employee, to be fair, um, I think that employee would probably beat him in terms of the amount of rounds of golf he would play in a given day. Maybe. But Rick played a lot of golf, too. He, it sounds like he played a lot and he, of golf. And he enjoyed, playing, he enjoyed playing from the tees he was able to play at because of his age. So that part was a big thing, too. I remember that. Oh, okay. Um, but that, I mean, we had, uh, because of that, when he had, um, so we had another thing that we did. He had, like, a little... He had like a little hole that he could use to like chip at, like in his yard. Mm-hmm. So we we started out just like kind of chipping like normal from like a normal distance, and then it evolved into okay, we're gonna make our makeshift golf course and challenge other people on the team and do best ball and make it amazing. And it was so much, it was so much fun, and we did that a couple different That's times awesome. when we actually could. Oh man, that was because not only did we have that, we had. It was me, Terry, and then two other guys, Miles, and my Miles was one of them, and Will was another, our fourth roommate, and they were both. Those guys were players, and Terry and I were the broadcasters, and I mean, we, I mean, we had a, we had a lot of, we had a lot of good, good and funny moments uh, with them, just completely outside of baseball, and, but as far as baseball, like I mean, Terry and I alternated. Who did uh, did play by play for each of those games, and you know tried to make sure we were getting the fair amount because obviously we both wanted to do play by play. That was our main thing we wanted to do, and we had I mean we had some crazy we had some crazy games that happened too because I mean that's that's what baseball is when you follow a team like that you're gonna have a game or two or and if you're lucky more than that where anything weird that can happen will anything. You know, you could have the game where the bats go absolutely ice cold. You'll have the game where they're hotter than ever. I mean, you have both ends of the spectrum when you have a team for for an extended period of time. One of the most memorable was we had a 14-inning game that was a pitcher's duel. And I may have even commented to Terry, wow, this game is boring. I wish this wasn't the game I was doing play-by-play for because it had been like just monotonous, like, oh, they're out again, they're out again, they're out again. 
And so the end of the game, this was this was in the 14th inning. 14th inning. We had a game. It ended. It was a call at first. It ended the game. In the moment, we were like, I don't I I think the first baseman pulled his foot. And we saw that from our vantage point up high away from obviously first base. We have both teams out there giving starting to like go down the line, do handshakes and all that. Our PA announcer who he I could I could I could have a whole podcast series about Dewey, who was our PA guy, who was a he was he was he would have been a player, but he got hurt. So he just became like our do it all guy in the box for whatever we needed. We could uh, there's so oh my god, there, I, I had for completely forgotten about Dewey until this moment. I didn't even write this part down. But he was uh he was an interesting character. And but but then so he like as soon as the game was done, he like started, you know, like the goodbye spiel, like, thank you for coming out to to the to the stadium tonight and one of our players, it gets funny because our games, so we treated them as radio, but there was like a webcam that we actually used so you could still kind of see the game. It wasn't amazing, but you still at least got some kind of a picture of what was going on. You see yeah. you see one of our players just turn around and shoot him the absolute worst death stare you could ever imagine <laughs> because I, I don't even think he was the one that got out either. He might have been. I'm, I, I I don't remember, but he they had the inkling that the game might not actually be done, and so then okay. so then eventually our coach goes to appeal it, and he then he then overturns it and he's safe. Game resumes. We then come back and win in, in the f- bottom of the fourteenth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Also funny. That that game happened to be against. Um, he's he's a player that I think you at least should know of, if not remember a little bit, because it's kind of a little before your era. What is what does the name Joe Charbonneau mean to you? A little before. Oh, okay. Joe Charbonneau. That that is a name that carries some weight in my history and background. He he was the coach of that Lorraine County team that uh, yes he was that uh, that we we played a handful of times and I had not known about him until that season because he was the what rookie of the year in like eighty eighty or eighty one so I mean I was not alive so mm-hmm. so that part I was I wasn't that's I wasn't alive for his rookie of the year run but I was alive for the you know the back end of his career and then mm-hmm. when he was a manager as well I was definitely. I I know him as a manager. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know him as the player. Right. So but, I mean, so we saw wow. him, and then uh, I had, I mean some other some other funny moments. I ended up I ended up doing a broadcast with one of our players, uh, for the sole reason that Terry was sick and basically could not talk. Which, as a broadcaster, it's kind of hard to do if you can't talk. And it's 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 funny. I went to, I went back and like looked at some of my tweets from that summer just to see like what I was talking about, whether it was the game stuff or not the game stuff, what have you. And I saw a picture of me that the face you see, you know it's me because it's a face I often make that you may or may not have saved in your phone. But it's of me doing that face. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's of me doing that face. But I am completely clean shaven 
and sporting a buzz cut. Oh, see, that's one I, I'm tempted to say, like, I have to see. I mean, you can, I, you, it's I on my Twitter if you want to go digging for it. I have received your passive aggressive disappointed <laughs> face more than enough times that it is say the the meme that you send to me is saved in my phone as your contact page. By the way, as your contact photo. I forgot to mention it right before we uh, before we started recording. I started laughing in the middle of talking about my day the other day. Because Bree mm-hmm. sent me that picture in response to waiting on you to record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she knows me so well. well it's that, that's one of three faces that you make. You have that face. You have your laughing face where you scrunch up your face. And, and you have the smile going, but you don't open the mouth all the way as you smile and laugh. And then you have the shocked and confused face. You know, basically what both of our faces looked like every time there was a no call against Tiffin Columbia in that <laughs> playoff game that we covered. Or just like, what? What? What what happened? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh, that that's too good. I, I, I am gonna have to dig for that on your Twitter. <laughs> I absolutely am gonna have to hunt that down. Uh but last oh, last man. thing on on this internship, um I got to Got to be around some great players. A couple guys ended up playing in the minors for for a little bit. Uh, David Gaunt, Lee Solomon, and uh, Lee, Lee and Lee and I connected on a couple different levels. One, he really liked Chipotle, and two, he really liked Kanye. So we obviously had an instant bond there. Um, of course, is Matt. Yeah, I know. You go ahead, and shake your head. I also got to uh, take uh, take batting practice a handful of times throughout the season, and. I mean, I played when I was younger, but hadn't touched a bat in however long since then. And I went from barely getting out of the infield to about like midway into the outfield, like respectable level for a non-person person who's not hitting baseballs every day. So that part was fun. And the very last thing is there was something on the AI complex that was called like a high ropes course, which... Is is what it sounds. You go up high and you like climb different ropes and do these different little obstacles and thing, things of that nature. Guess who doesn't want to do that at all? I'm guessing you. The answer is me. You are correct. And I I had a I had a thought. <laughs> yeah. And so because of that, I'm like, well, a you guys are all in way better shape than me. Like I was in okay shape for me at this point in time, but I was still not in very good shape. So like I just if if for that reason alone I didn't want to do it, and then you add the heights aspect to it, and uh, so I ended up going up. I climbed the little part you have to climb to get up there. I did these little lily pad things. I did them did it once, and then did it back, and then climbed down, and was like okay. I did that. That's good. That's good enough for me. You guys can go hop and do your crazy zip lines and all that stuff. I got up here and got down. That's plenty for me. I, I achieved climbing up and climbing back down. Now yes. leave me be. Yes. 
Yes. Still, still well, glad I, still glad I at least did what I did. But it was, I mean, that was, of course. that was quite the, that was quite the experience, uh, doing, doing something like that. Oh. oh God, yeah, that would definitely be, definitely would be an adventure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't have anything crazy. Like the only thing I have is when I finish my internship in August, um, they they asked me very point blank if I'd be willing to, while I'm at school still, you know, te- technically be a part of the show, like call in for the show, um, if I'm in town, help out in the studio, things of that nature. Which was like, of course, I, I'd be more than happy to do it. I had fun. There's a lot of great opportunities I got there, and I like the idea of you know being on air for a station that's turned in 37 states and half of Canada. Right. The good half of Canada, well, I believe, not the like really northern, cold tundra-like part of Canada. The nice part of Canada, not not Quebec. From everything that I could get together, you know, like kind of like where the set of Letterkenny is type yeah. of thing. I think that part of Canada in particular is where you could still hear that station. <laughs> but I, I I remember because it was Thanksgiving, I was getting ready to come home for Thanksgiving break, and they were doing a show. They called me, and asked if I was coming home for the holidays. Like, yeah, I'm actually packing up right now. And it's like seven o'clock and they are like, cool. You want to come in the studio tonight? And I was like, yeah, you know, absolutely. It'd be fun. Swing, swing by, say hi to everybody and, you know, come in for the night and then maybe some, a little bit during the weekend as well. Obviously Thanksgiving day and day after Thanksgiving, probably not being involved with that one because I'm spending time with the family are going to be out of town on that one seeing my extended family but out out of nowhere uh the show host Bob who he's the one who went to Heidelberg gets on the phone as well he says hey hey is Reno's pizza still open (laughs) and I'm like yeah now Reno's pizza for everyone that knows is a really nice mom and pop pizza place right in the middle of Tiffin, like smack dab in the middle of town. And he's like, so if I told you, if you can get here in an hour and 35 minutes with two pizzas and three of their foldover sandwiches, because I'm sitting here with Andre Knott and Nick Camino telling them that Reno's pizza is the best pizza in town. They don't believe me. And I want to shut them up. (laughs) (laughs) Can you pick up an order that I'm about to place and bring it with you in the studio? Of course. I'm like, I can, but that's an hour and a half drive, man. That stuff's going to be cold. He's like, no, I talked to the guy. He's going to let you take one of the bags with you. (laughs) That's amazing. I drive. So I pack up the rest of my car and I'm like, you know what? I just, I'll check. Maybe he's joking. (laughs) I'll check. So I call Reno's and I'm like, Hey, um, any chance that there's an order waiting for Bob? And he's like, are you calling about Bob France? And I was like, yeah. Like, it's going to be ready in five minutes. Um, I'll have it in the bag. 
I just need you to bring the bag back on Sunday when you come back into town. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, he was actually serious. <laughs> okay. So here I am driving like speeds that I shouldn't have been driving. We'll just leave it at that. Of course. Down the turnpike with about $35 worth of Reno's pizza in my front seat. <laughs> my computer in a laundry bin in the back seat because I needed to work on stuff when I got home. And I'm driving from Tiffin to Independence, Ohio, which is like another half hour past where I live. I picked up the pizza at 7.35. I arrived at the studio at about like 9.10. Like, land speed record was broken between <laughs> Tiffin and basically downtown Cleveland area. Um, where it gets good, though, is the entire time I was there, I never had a key. I never had a login. Someone would have to come down and get me every single time so i'm sitting there holding the pizza knocking on the door texting them to let me in and evidently i didn't know this part but evidently andre nick and bob were on air looking down at the door providing play-by-play -play commentary <laughs> of me waiting at the door. I need that audio. Yeah, it's like I, I, I would kill to get that audio. I, I don't know if they actually did on air, if they were just goofing around as they were doing it, but when I got in, the producer, Brian, was like, yeah, they were doing play-by-play -play and color commentary. Andre really likes your pizza-holding form, by the way. <laughs> he thinks you could go pro. <laughs> Oh, man. But I, I mean, there was that. Um, God, what are some of the other ones from that time? I, I mean, it's not necessarily a story in particular about the internship, but in my time there, I had an ongoing feud with another on-air personality. Um, I won't name names. That's that's not that's not the thing that I do when it's like a negative story. But so this is a legit feud, I, not like a haha -ha feud. Oh, this is a genuine feud because th this guy was just an absolute horrible human being to me. Just absolutely horrific. And I, I was forced because of time of day and stuff like that. And when he was done versus when I would be starting, I was basically forced to interact with him just about every day that I worked there. So th this was a genuine, like, he didn't like me, and I would just actively try to get under his skin every day. You know. Yeah, me. No, I would never. I'm never an instigator like that. But um, it was my first day of the internship, and he and members of his crew were walking out. And again, not going to name names or name what show he was on or anything like that. For Cleveland listeners, it's just he was an afternoon drive show host. I'll leave it at that. A very a fairly well-known afternoon drive show host. But I saw him and I was like, oh, it's it's really cool to meet you. Um say I'm I'm a fan. I love listening to your program. And I'm gonna be working with uh, Bob on the night show. 
And his exact words to me were, oh, another intern. You can talk to me when you actually matter. Just kept walking away. Didn't keep holding the door for me either. Made sure that they closed the door. So I still had to call the producer to have him come down and get me. So I, at that moment, I decided Bugs Bunny style that he had declared war. <laughs> so he said, don't talk to him. Remember, that's the important part here. Do not talk to him. So I made sure I got there every day where it would be on time and the same time that he was leaving. Where I could go, hello, how are you? Your program was fascinating today. I especially love the part about insert stupid thing that he said. And I, I, I mean, it could have ranged from anything. I think one time he actually had a whole segment dedicated just to um, the like urban myth of Russian mail order brides type of thing. So like, I was just like, I was truly fascinated by your Russian mail order bride subject. I had no idea that's how you met your wife. <laughs> you have yourself a blessed day, sir. Just every day, every day, I would just continue to say hello, say hi, engage him in his whatever subject he was talking about. He never said a word to me. He just kept grumbling and walking away. His crew could not stop laughing. Like they almost were setting their clocks to watching me troll him as he was leaving. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, I do not miss that human being at all. He, he's still alive. That's, I should... I should be very clear on that one. I, I don't miss interacting with him at all. He's just an absolute troll of a human being. And for me, my third internship, Matt, was uh, same same organization. I was now a broadcaster for the Chugiak Eagle River Chinooks. It was with that same organization, Athletes in Action. And, of course, as, as I've alluded to, their, their mission is to have – one Christian, at least one, on every team everywhere, whether they're in America, Canada, Mexico, wherever they are. That's 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 their goal goal for, for that. They have you know, they have summer baseball teams obviously in Ohio, like I mentioned, but they also had one in New York, they had one in Alaska, and they have a team that does like a mission trip each summer. So like when I was in Xenia, they went to uh I think it was the Dominican Republic. So they were they were there for like a month doing that, and Alaska, oh man, Alaska, Alaska had a lot of firsts for me. It was my first time on a plane. It was my first time flying on my own on the way home. It was my first time shaving my head, and it was my first time doing a lot of different things. Some uh, some good, some bad, and that was uh, that was that was a lot of a lot of different things happened. Uh, in Alaska because, well, at, first off, I had been uh, I had been in a relationship over the other two internships, but at this point I was single and, you know, I was, you know, still young. I was still 22. I'm still trying to kind of... Someone was single and ready to mingle. Well, that, that was not allowed, but that's beside the point. Um, well, okay, cr- Christian organization, probably not allowed to yeah. mingle, but still single and ready to walk hand in hand in a public pavilion. Mm, maybe. Um, I, but I was honestly, I was still just trying at that point with after getting to Alaska, I was just trying to figure myself out, trying to get my head, you know, in 
into the right space. Uh, I went went there with another college friend in in broadcasting, Phil Holtz. I'll talk about him here in a few moments. But we had in the Alaska League, there were there were not the plentiful teams that we had in the Great Lakes League. We had five teams in the Alaska Baseball League. We had the Anchorage Bucks, the Anchorage Glacier Pilots, the Matsu Miners, and the Peninsula Oilers. So that meant we saw a lot of all of those other teams and also uh, one, one, of the, one of the other things we like to say to toot our own horn is the fact that the Bucks and the Miners each also had uh, people from BG doing their games at the very same time when I was there. So that was one cool thing we had. We had a BG guy on three of the five teams in the league. So that was that was definitely definitely something cool. Uh, and during... There, during... there were three B... Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> There were three BG people. Well, technically doing four in Alaska. Technically four. Technically four. Because I was with one as well, and then there was one on one team and one on another team. Uh, how is there this big Alaska Bowling Green community, <laughs> like connection communication? So it started. It started with uh, the guy. He was one of our. He was one of our like journalism and broadcasting teachers at school. He. Back in the day, he would go to the Anchorage Bucks. He was their broadcaster during the summer for however many summers, and so then it became then it became kind of our our way in as an internship. And it was uh, this guy Cole, who I talked about. It was he was kind of the guy that got me to in uh, in starting with BG Radio before I got to school. He went to the Anchorage team after his summer of school after he graduated then we had another guy andrew andrew schneider he went to the bucks and he had been there i think that was his third year uh doing the games for them that summer and then uh for our organization um we had we had a guy who was with the alaska team the last two summers who was a year older than me in school and was was another bg radio guy and the Matsu Miners, which was the other team that had a BG guy, they had also had two BG people the summer before. And then the summer I was there, they had one BG guy and another guy who I still follow on Twitter. I think he's from Chicago, but he was he was another. I think he went to like Illinois and he was another another guy. So we at that point and I don't know how many people have gone back since, but I do know at one point we did have. A, 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 a monopoly of sorts on the different uh, broadcasters in the in the ABL. Yeah, clearly. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> and so, see, I, I always thought like I get the small world type of thing. Like when I started here at uh, Tri County Broadcasting, there were like three Heidelberg people mm-hmm. that I was working with at the time, and pretty sure that's why I was the last Heidelberg person that the stations ever hired. Of course, in any capacity. Because I I believe there hasn't been a single one since then that's been Heidelberg, but it's it's turned turned almost exclusively into a BG type of organization. Hmm. Very similar, apparently, to this Alaskan summer baseball <laughs> league is apparently an almost exclusively BG organization. Yeah. Um, but but that is cool. That that's one that's those small world things that make internships kind of fun. Yeah, that, that really does. So this summer. So the summer before I was, you know, I was sharing responsibilities with another guy. 
Well, during this summer, and I'll explain why in a moment, I was doing everything. I was the, I was doing games mostly solo. I ran the team's social media accounts, so updated the score every inning as things happened. And I also had to, when it, when we were at home, I was the official scorekeeper for the game. So it was, A, a good thing I already knew how to score baseball. It did mean I heard feedback when I gave, you know, some hits as hits that they think maybe shouldn't have been and when errors maybe shouldn't have been errors. I heard I heard all those different things, and it's like, I... I I don't know. I'm trying to do like four things at once. Settle down. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. So for, for that, most of those teams were in, you know, the Anchorage area. So where I stayed was, you know, 15, 20 minutes outside of Anchorage. Matsu mm-hmm. was a little further. Um, and then Kenai was way, way, way out there uh, because it was, as you heard with their name, they were the Peninsula Oilers. Kenai was on a peninsula. So it took three hours for us to drive there because there was such a twisty, windy road. And we oh, stayed geez. We stayed in a place called the Kenai Bingo Hall. That shower was one of the worst showers I've ever seen in my life. It had like, I don't know if it was like fungus or what was going on in like their pipes, but it was bad. It was real bad. Um... That was uh, that was that also confirmed, basically, at least in my head, that I had sleep apnea because we were all in like one giant room, essentially, with like not much separating. And they'd be like, hey, Lance, heard you snoring all night and you sounded like you weren't breathing. That was fun. And I'm like, OK, well, can't really do anything about it now, guys. So Can't do anything about it in Alaska, but thanks for informing me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then that was also, it, it was also when we were at that bingo hall was when I shaved my head. So that was one fun thing too. And there were, there were some fun games there too, but we actually did finish with the worst record in the league for out of the five teams, four of them made the postseason, So we were the odd one out, but we did have, I mean, we had some awesome walk-offs. We had some awesome games. I had a walk-off grand slam that I almost like blew my vocal cords out calling. And uh, we also got to do, uh, we got to do the, all, they had like an all-star game and we got to, I got to do, we had a home run derby we got to do. We had some like different exhibition games, which was kind of just a way for whatever scouts were there to have extra time to see various players that they may not have seen before. And yeah, that was, that part was, that part was, oh, that was so much fun. You know what, well, here, let's, uh, I actually have that call. I went I went back and found it. But first, there's another Ooh. call that oh, I yeah. want you to hear that is even better. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did just play the Bruce Jennett clip. It's so amazing. That... That clip <laughs> brings me joy. I don't know why that clip brings me joy. And Lance, I, I'm going to take a brief moment, soapbox moment here while we're on the podcast. Of course. And and do and do this. To, to our listeners, I'm going to start by saying we love you. We absolutely love our listeners. Wait, wait, wait. Before you say we, that. No, 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 no. There we oh, go. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
here's the thing though here's the deal we love our listeners we love our fans we love the people that tune in i can't express to you as a broadcaster the amount of times lance and i want to go full ham like bruce like bruce Bruce drennan does every show but every show but especially in that clip where it's like here i i I think back to uh, and again i i think back to the uh anti-matt bowl 2020 (laughs) or 2019 of carrie versus liberty benton and i i think to the particular small group of fans that called from one of those schools i won't necessarily name which ones who are like oh i bet he never played a minute of sports in his life that lazy good for you never had your hand in the dirt never even had your hand in the dirt like even that type of tone too um that what bruce what bruce (laughs) did there is exactly what every broadcaster wants to tell people when they say oh you know what you're talking about no we do we're paid (laughs) to know what we're talking about Or that's actually specifically what our job entails is that we know what we're talking about. So, oh, I love that clip. It makes me feel warm and cozy inside. It, it's it, it's like when you play a video game and it's one of those video games that, let's just call it as it is, is like either violent or not necessarily a sports game where, where if you're just having a bad day, you hit save and you just do every terrible thing you can in that game because it makes you feel better because you know you can't do it in the real world at all. <laughs> yeah, that clip is exactly that for radio broadcasters. It just is. As a matter of fact, could you play that again, please? Of course I could. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. <laughs> It's oh god, that, that that is broadcaster therapy right there. That just oh, warmed my soul. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, now after enough joking of playing uh, Bruce Drennan clips from from his show over, we over could have week. a whole show just of Bruce Drennan. We clips. could, we could. But that, here is that man is a. Here, here is just a, a raging lunatic. Here is a younger clip of me. So this would have been from one of our games in Alaska. And that scorched deep left field. Is that a walk-off grand slam? That's a walk-off grand slam! Chinooks walk-off grand slam! Whiskers second grand slam of the year! Nooks win seven to three! And I'm gonna go join this mob. I'm talking to Whisker, I don't care if he doesn't want to or not. Grand slam for the win. So, so the reason I say I'm going to talk to him whether he wants to or not is he was far and away the shyest kid on the team. And so what I after games, I would have like a player of the game as long as there was a reason to have a player of the game. And I had talked to him, I think, one time before. And he basically said, yeah, if you don't have to talk to me, please don't. <laughs> so walk-off Grand Slam, I thought, was... uh was occasion to do a post-game interview with him. Yeah, he, he definitely needed to do the interview at that point. <laughs> oh, so that was... He that, definitely needed to. That, that, that game in and of itself is the one I remember 
absolutely the most. But now I got to get a little serious on you, Matt, because I'd oh, said, I said I needed to get back to it, and that would be my Phil story. And so I knew pretty early on during senior year that I would have the opportunity to go to Alaska that next summer after graduating. And mm-hmm. so I already had I had already gotten my spot and I had kind of offhandedly mentioned to Chris Beck, who was the guy who ran, ran everything in Alaska and still does for AIA as far as I know. Um, he, I told him, I like, hey, I might have someone that might want to go, go, go do games with me there too. And so I had knew a couple people that would have liked to maybe go. Some of them had already committed to doing other things for the summer. Some of them just, you know, didn't want to go to Alaska because, you know, it is Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> it's, it's far away from things. And uh, so I just said, well, I know Phil has wanted to do something in this vein for the last couple of years as well. I know he is a devoted Christian, so I know he would enjoy that aspect. So I asked Phil once I once I knew it was for sure that I was going, I said, if you if you want to go, I mean, fill fill out your application, and I think uh, I think you you you'll get it. And he he got it probably like a couple weeks, month, maybe a month or so later. And we were, I mean, we were both just so so excited because we not only then got to spend our senior year of college hanging out doing games as we did, you know, the rest of rest of that time, but then we knew we were gonna at least have another another moment of time at least a little bit of time in alaska where we got to hang out call games do that sort of thing well for more from for and he also he also had a plan that he was going to propose to his girlfriend when she came up to visit near the end he had like this whole like kind of scavenger hunt sort of thing like laid out for how he would propose he was so excited so excited to do that well, some for some further further backstory, during senior year in like early January, uh, Phil had to go to the hospital. He was he was born with a brain tumor when he was born, and it required shunts. Oh re- it required shunts to be in his head, so it allows the brain fluid to like travel down where it needs to go in your body. And so he had ha- that had happened in January, and. Those things are so, so tricky because sometimes they last for years. Sometimes they last for weeks or days or months. And so he and it ended up being not even a week into our trip. He wasn't he wasn't feeling all that great. And I, I didn't think anything of it because, you know, we were still kind of getting used to being in Alaska. There was, you know, different different things going on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, what it, it turned into, he ended up having to go to the hospital in Anchorage just that Saturday that we got there. So we had not even been there a full week before he ends up going to the hospital. And uh, it comes, you know, it, it's the same thing. Shunts are infected. They need to be replaced. So he ended God. up, he ended up, he ends up going to the hospital in Anchorage that Saturday. Um, and he was, I mean, we, I saw him a handful of times while he was, while we were up there and, you know, he, he, he doesn't remember that I was there for some of those. Cause he was, hopped up on all because he had several different procedures while he was there and oh, even yeah. even before then he i think he's had like 40 surgeries so he's had like a crap My ton goodness. of surgeries throughout his life well it turns out my invite to alaska 
inadvertently might have saved his life. Because in that hospital is one of the few places where they have the means, have the abilities to do the procedure to where you don't need shunts in your head anymore. Really? So he ended up, he got to only do one game with me before everything happened because then he, then he isn't feeling well. The next day goes to the hospital. So he was, he ends up being there in the hospital, I think like six weeks. And then he finally is able to get out. He's finally able to like come to discipleship again before shortly before he leaves and goes and gets to finally experience Alaska a little bit after, you know, only getting six days to really do that. And uh, shortly after he, Got home. He ended up proposing to his girlfriend, and her, his girlfriend, and his his girlfriend and his dad came up to Alaska like immediately once stuff happened. And then his mom came oh, like yeah. a day a day or two later, and they were there that whole time too. And um and yeah, and he he proposed shortly after he got back. It wasn't how he wanted to do it, but he he was he was able to do it, and he has not had a surgery since then. Oh, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. I, that, that's, I mean, just talk, talk about, I, I, I'm, I, I'll say this because you, you've mentioned, you know, your, like your religious beliefs and your belief structure a little bit in the podcast. I, I'm someone who's always been a believer of that things happen for a reason, you know, what, what, whether that's a divine power, divine influence, human influence, just, Everything that happens in your life happens for a reason. It formulates your past, but it helps you build your future type of attitude. Uh, something like that. I, I mean, of all the things, it's like, I'm going to do this Alaska trip. It's going to be great. Get to work here. But you get sick, and it turns out you get sick, and you end up at a place where it's one of the few places in the world that can actually fix what's wrong with you. Like, permanently fix what's wrong. That that's for for me. That definitely is a you know divine influence. Things happen exactly the way they're supposed to happen for a very specific reason. Type of mindset. Like we've we've had hand handfuls of conversations since since then. Since like he got back and then you know finally got back to being himself again. And it's it, I remember we hung out probably probably like a week or two after I got back from Alaska. And it's just like, dude, how, how, how? Well, the, the, the how on that one is, uh, well, depends on who you ask and which, which copy of a book they tend to read Um, would be the how on that. That's absolutely just divine influence to, um, God, what's the word that I was looking for? Like Providence and all those things rolled into one. That's just, again, that's just so great for your friend. Terrible that it was, he had to experience it that way because I don't think anyone wants to experience Alaska through the window of a hospital bedroom by any means because that that Alaska is just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful from everything I've seen. I've never been. I've actually never been to Alaska. That's on my bucket list of places to go. But Make sure you go during the summer. No, Lance, I was planning on going to Alaska (laughs) in mid-January. I I really wanted to get that experience of 87 inches of snow around me. Because, you know, living in Cleveland, I think, golly gee, 
the world is so blisteringly cold and sad and tragic from the middle of November until like the end of March. Man, I should go to a place where it's somehow worse. <laughs> just make sure you do it throughout all of next basketball season. I'll just make sure it's all of next basketball <laughs> season. See, what's funny about that, you say it for basketball season, you're not saying it for football season. I mean, man, it's still a little bit warmer, but you know, you love having me for football season. <laughs> like, man, I'd tell him to do it for football, but I kind of need him for football. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, that, that, dude, that's cool. That, that's really cool, though, about your friend. And uh, just, again, it's one of those things where you, you view it as, it's it's terrible in the moment because like oh man this is not what you signed up for at all but how much has his life been improved as well because of that oh you know vastly just like monumentally improved but oh that's cool see that that's a cool internship story that right there it is a cool feel-good internship story. My stories are just stupid and me being a <laughs> troll, which is no different than usual. That's yeah, that's that's par for the course. That's that that that's just to, that day also happened to end in Y as well. So, but that's good. That that's a good one. I, I like that. That's a good one for the listeners to know about you. And that is probably where we should uh, put a bow on this one for this edition yeah. of Lance and yeah, Matt Plus. I mean, we- yeah, the, no, no, no other place we can really go from that one. It's like, wow, I helped save my friend's life while I was in Alaska interning. Yeah, no, the end. <laughs> that's, that's the end. There it is. The, the, this is the part where the credits roll and you see the real pictures of the people in those based on true event stories types of things, which it, in this scenario, I would clearly be played by Brad Pitt. Absolutely, by Brad Pitt. Absolutely, freaking not. If you have made it this far, please rate, subscribe, and review. But don't, don't, just don't give us two stars just because Matt tried to compare himself to Brad Pitt. He made that mistake. Look, don't blame me. Look, Brad Pitt is a method actor. He would put on the weight, and he would do nothing but eating burritos all the time on the show or on in the movie he would be the perfect casting if, choice if you're gonna me. say that you gotta say christian bale no because i don't want to be i don't want the guy that punches people on the set i mean it'd be cool to be played by batman that's also kind of fun to think about but michael keaton's batman christian bale is just a batman michael keaton is in fact batman we can get into that at another point. The, the, this show's got a lovely bow on it. It was a great one. Perfect way to end the show. For Matt Common, this is Lance Morris signing off. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.